You're listening to Overtired on ESN with Insomniac's Christina Warren and Brett Terpstra. What's going on, Brett? Life is so amazing. No, not really, but um, my wife just got back from out of town for a week. And normally that means I've been sitting on the couch watching nothing but bad movies for a week. Right. But something weird happened this last week where I just suddenly like looked at myself and looked at my recent medical history and it just clicked. And I started like exercising every day and eating right and cutting out alcohol and cutting down on nicotine and like all of these things that I knew would make a difference, but never felt like it really was worth it. But something you ever have that where you just like suddenly you have the motivation to do things like exercise. Yeah, um, I need to get that motivation back. Um, I promised I wasn't going to talk about this, but I've put on a lot of weight this year and it's not really noticeable, but it's noticeable to me. And I something's happened with my metabolism because it's not normal, like something's genuinely wrong and I need to go to the doctor and get it sorted out. But um, to kind of, uh, I guess, mitigate even after I get it sorted out, I'm probably going to have to, you know, diet and do some things to to get back to my normal weight. So I definitely, I've had that thing happen before, but I'm definitely going to need, I, I need that in my own life right now, that, that click, like you said. It does, it does tend to um, unclick for me after a while, but I'm, I'm really making an effort this time to actually develop new habits. And I don't know why I'm suddenly motivated to do it, but I am. It's, it's been going well. I bulk up really fast. I started doing free weights this week. And like three days later, I suddenly have biceps again. <laughs> that's very encouraging. That's why, that's why my health kicks work for me because they, I have drastic. I'll lose 20 pounds in two weeks, and that, that is motivating. Yeah, totally. I like that. Are you still on the Soylent kick? Um, yeah, I pretty much live on Soylent um, when my wife's out of town. I eat dinner now. Breakfast and lunch are still pretty much only Soylent. And, I'm, and that was causing me to binge eat in the evening, though. And I've kind of I've, I've mitigated that as well. But That's really good. Soylent has a new version out, uh, 1.4. Yeah, what's different about it? Uh, they, they reduce the amount of powder in a serving so that you okay. get more servings in a bag. And they remove the need for uh, oils. Uh, so, like, normally with Soylent, you mix the powder, you shake it with water, and then you add, like, these, uh, like, omega oil, fatty oils and stuff. And they have worked out a new blend that doesn't require any oils. And they removed, uh, they had, like, some FDA, I, I don't even know, it was like a flavor thing that gave it this slight vanilla flavor, but it the, uh, it wasn't required to... Uh, provide its ingredients by the manufacturer and so they cut that out completely and found a way with the new mix to uh, use only ingredients that they could list on the label so everything is everything is kind of better without being drastically different that's awesome so now it's even easier to make so you literally just have to put the the powder in and the water and you don't have to add it. And, and then i guess if you wanted to add other stuff like you said you some, sometimes add peanut butter or strawberries or Bananas. something Bananas bananas but if you didn't want to do that you could literally just you know mix it yeah well and and they send you with your first order you get like a a big pitcher 
that makes a day's worth. So you can just dump a whole bag in, mix the water in, shake up the big pitcher, and then just pour yourself a glass for like three <laughs> meals straight. That's pretty awesome. And I can get like five meals out of a pitcher. That's really great. I can't complain. It's, I'm, honestly, I'm saving money on food. If I total it up, it's cheaper than, you know, cereal in the morning and sandwiches for lunch and everything. And, like, I'm using way less plastic. Plastic's a big deal to me. I, I loathe plastic. Um, everything about the creation and usage and disposal of plastic is just heinous. Um, and the fact that I can make all of my meals without having to open anything, like, wrapped in like specific kinds of plastic and and packaged in plastics and just these oil bags that I I don't know if they're recyclable but it's far less waste than I normally would make and I feel good about that. That's really good. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm feeling after this week of like exercising and and dietary changes and I actually cut out some of the meds that I thought might be problematic. Um I'm like clear headed. I'm waking up. I'm sleeping well and I'm waking up refreshed. And this is big. This is really big because that's been a big problem. I mean, you haven't been feeling good for a long time. It's so. been way too long. It's been way too long. And so, yeah, I'm really, really like psyched about being a person again. Yay, a real boy. Brett's a person. I'm a real boy. It's awesome. Yeah. So you went to like, um, a play last night i did i did so i'm not really supposed to be talking about this so don't tell me don't tell uh the, the world um internet police um uh and uh we'll uh we'll, we'll put this as top secret in the show notes <laughs> we'll put this as top secret in the show notes sorry for the uh noise coming behind me um but uh, basically, um, there's this service called uh, Today Ticks, and they are a Broadway, um, it's kind of like the TKTS booth um, in uh, Times Square, um, where you can get Broadway tickets, like like it's part of lotteries, you know, get them for, for lower prices. It's kind of like that, but it's an app. So it's like that. Uh, it's kind of like that meets Seamless. And basically, you use this app, and you can get into lotteries for different shows, and get good deals on tickets to Broadway shows, um, save a lot of money. They work with the theaters themselves in a lot of cases. And they have this thing where they have um, a lottery for the first public um, previews, public performances for um, every um, show that the public theater does. And last night, um, I got to see the first public performance of Anne Hathaway's upcoming, or her new show, I guess I should say, called Grounded, that's directed by Julie Taymor, who is a, a well-known um, a play, play director. And it was really, really good. Um, if uh, anybody who's listening to this is in New York and can get tickets to the show when it when it officially opens, it was really, really solid. Um, and it was a you know one woman show basically about a, a female fighter pilot who um, goes through some things and and kind of how her life transitions over the few years. And it's all done, you know, just Anne Hathaway on stage for ninety minutes. And um, they had some really interesting multimedia parts of, of the play, and it dealt with some really interesting issues, you know, things like PTSD. And it was, it was just, it was really solid. It was a really good time. That sounds good. I'm not generally a big uh, theater fan these days. I used to be. Yeah, and I mean, this was really, really good. And this is the sort of work that, I mean, I hope that it goes to other theaters or goes to a bigger theater, goes to one on Broadway, because if it does, I think that she has a shot 
at a Tony, but it's also one of those things I could see them adapting this into, you know, either um, a, a miniseries or, or a movie or something because it's just, it's a really strong story and the performance was really strong. Very cool. I do like Anne. Yeah, I do too. I do too. People were asking, oh, did you get a photo? Well, I, I saw her at the after party, but um, she was with her, her family and her husband and, and it was one of those things where like, you know, wasn't going to interrupt somebody be like, oh, hey, let me interrupt you, you know, after you've done this, you know, amazing performance in front of people for the first time and, and bug you. That wasn't going to happen. I'm sorry, um, Christina. That's fine, Brett. There was so much TV to watch, and and you've had even we've had even more TV this week with the well you have anyway um with the the launch of uh, HBO Now. I was waiting. I was on every mailing list for when that came out because I've been so frustrated for so many years that these companies would offer like Apple TV apps, but you had to have cable to use them. Yep, and that was so infuriating. And I as soon as HBO Now was first like announced, I was I was die hard like i was going to do this and then they put it out and i'm 15 dollars a month is a lot it is but it's one network it is and it's not i mean that's what you pay if you pay for it on cable i mean i think i don't pay for cable i know i understand you don't i'm just saying though that it's what they've always sold it for it's a premium service i don't know i think to me you know it's not tv it's hbo was their tagline for so long to me it's the one network that's actually worth that. I know it's, you know, more than Netflix and all that, but it's, but the, frankly, a lot of the quality is a lot better than Netflix. Right. Well, so having voiced my, my reservation, I am doing the 30 day free trial and I am binging on everything and I'm going to find out exactly how much use I'd get out of it and then do a cost benefit analysis. And because I, mean, I pay what, like 10 bucks a month for Hulu and that is where 90% of my time is spent. Uh, when I'm watching TV, and it's it's a good bang for the buck. Like I watch a lot of you know mediocre to good television. Yeah, for ten bucks a month. No, I mean I think Hulu is a great value. I think that um, you know Netflix. You know, I, I pay for Netflix. I pay for Hulu. I pay for cable. Um, I actually just started paying for the Sundance Docs Club, which is like seven dollars a month because they have a lot of uh, great documentaries, and I found it on my Roku, and it's really good and. So that's yet another thing I'm paying for now, which I don't need to pay for. I also signed up for a 30-day trial of HBO Now, which I don't need because I subscribe to HBO, and so I get HBO Go. But I needed to test it and review it. So I had to set myself a reminder, and I had to, like, say, Siri, remind me by, you know, May 7th to cancel HBO um, from within the app so that I don't get billed for it twice. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the only thing that was disappointing to me is we didn't know before it came out if they would have like live access or not, like if you could watch like a live feed of, of HBO or not. Um, they don't. So it's basically exactly like HBO uh, Go, except for people who don't have an HBO subscription to cable. Um, and HBO Go is fantastic. So HBO Now is fantastic. It has a better interface actually on iOS and on the web. The Apple TV interface is almost identical between the two. So if anybody who's listening to this is curious about the differences, if you've used HBO Go, you, you, you've used HBO Now. HBO Now just has um, a better um, mobile interface and, and web interface for now. But I have a feeling they will wind up, you know, um, making them uniform. Um, it, they have the exact same catalog of content, although uh, for some weird reason, some of the, the things are sorted slightly differently. Um, the, the naming conventions are a tiny bit different, like HBO Go lists everything um, 
even like if the title V is in something, then it's under the T's, whereas HBO now puts it after the V part in alphabetical order. That would be a, a mental jump. If yes. If you were used to one over the other. It's not really a big deal. I mean, it's just if you were like looking for something like The Wire, like on, on HBO now, it's under W, whereas on HBO Go, it's under T. Um, but and I only know this because I was literally comparing the two apps side by side sure. on uh, on Tuesday when this was uh, released. I, I spent a lot of time doing that. But no, I mean, it's a great service. And, and I mean, just in time for Game of Thrones and the fact that Apple's giving everybody a 30 day free trial means that, you know, a ton of people are going to be able to tune in. For, uh, for the Game of Thrones uh, premiere on, uh, on Sunday. So when is FX going to do this? And they already used up the FX Now names, so... Yeah, they did. I don't know, but I mean, FX actually lets you watch live stuff if you've got the cable subscription. Like, you literally can turn into either the East Coast or West Coast stream to FX that and FXX. at all. I know it doesn't. I'm just saying, like, maybe, like, bum your friend Christina's cable login because it's good stuff. Um... I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to come down to how much the cable companies push back. I think that HBO was able to do this um, by making it priced the way that it is. They also are partnering with some of the cable companies where, for instance, my cable company, Cablevision, who goes under the name Optimum, they actually have a deal with HBO um, now, which is funny because, you know, obviously you can order TV through Optimum. um, But if you don't order TV through them, if you just get internet, you can pay an additional $15 a month and have it charged your internet service fee and get HBO now that way. Um, which, uh, you know, for some people, they're probably going to be able to offer some bundles on that, but that's, that's pretty nice. Um, and they're, they're going to be trying to do that with some other ISPs too. So I think maybe if they can start doing those sorts of bundles, it'll happen. But I, I, I still think that at the end of the day, it was probably going to end up happening as a lot of people are going to be doing the cost benefit analysis like you are. And it's going to, if you were to subscribe to all these services, it's going to wind up costing as much, if not more than subscribing to cable. So I wonder how people are going to pick and choose or if we're going to see, because eventually what they'll do is they'll just say, oh, but you can get a bundle and have all these services together for this price, which is basically just cable all, all over again. And I think that a lot of people, um, if they feel like they're getting more value out of it, even if it's identical to kind of the cable ecosystems they left years ago, might actually come back to that model. But I don't know. I mean, would, would you, if, if you were able to, if somebody said, okay, $70 a month, here's all the streaming content you want, you can have access to all of it. Would you buy that versus paying $70 a month for, for cable? Um, no, because the reason I left cable is that it costs $70 a month. Okay. My current solution cost me $20 a month. And I would, I would rather lose a bunch of streaming shows that I was never going to watch anyway. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but your, your current solution is 20 bucks a month between what, Netflix and, um, and Hulu? Yeah. But if you get HBO, then that's another 15 on top of it. So then you're at 35. Right. But still half of 70. Sure. Sure. But then let's say FX was going to say, well, that will be another five. So then you'd be at 40. Yeah. Okay. So I see where you're going. Um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I like... I would have to actually, for a month, track what yeah. I was watching and where I was watching it and figure out. Because there are services that I've made the mistake of paying for for years with the intention that someday they would be really useful. Right. You know, and it's four bucks a year, whatever. But, you know, after you've paid your recurring subscription enough times and have never since, like, gone back to it. And the only, rem- only reason you remember you have it is because you get the receipts after you've paid for it. Right. Those are things that I, I, I cut out. 
No, and I tried to do that too. I mean, but yeah, I mean, but for me, like who pays for Hulu, who pays for Netflix, who pays for Amazon, um, who subscribes to cable, who pays for HBO, who pays for this, you know, new um, doc club thing. I don't pay for CBS at all access because that's just stupid. I'm not doing that. That's just idiotic. I'm not doing that. I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Um, I mean, I'm a media whore, but I'm not like an idiot. Um, you know, I pay a lot of money every month for for cable and for other things. But I have a feeling that if I were to just because there are certain shows I can't get other ways. But I mean, you know, like like Sling TV has their service now for 20 bucks a month and they have an HBO you can get on top of Sling TV, but it's not HBO Go or HBO Now. It's actually like, because of how Sling works, it's basically a, an agreement that Dish was able to, to get with some of the companies. But they have ESPN and they have the Turner Networks and they have AMC and um, a couple of other things. And then you can get, um, I, if you pay like another $5 a month or something, you can get a couple of other sports channels. And then if you pay um, another 15 a month, you can get HBO, but HBO is a live stream. And then you have access to some of the HBO on demand content. The problem with on demand is that you get some of the newer episodes of newer TV shows, but you don't get all the back catalog of content that you get with HBO Go or HBO Now, and you can't access it from other devices. So if you're a Sling TV subscriber who pays for the $15 HBO thing, you basically, it's very similar to just subscribing to HBO with a cable provider that doesn't support HBO go. Um, so, but I mean, but for those people, you know, I mean, already there's, you know, you could already spend 40 or $50 a month just on sling TV and not get as much as you're getting through dish. Um, but the advantage is it served over the top and you can watch it on mobile devices. Um, Sony has their new view system, which is 50 bucks. It doesn't include ABC stuff though. So it's going to be interesting. I think when people do the pricing, we think this a la carte stuff is going to be cheaper, but if you really add up what it all costs, my argument is still that for a lot of people, you know, especially if cable companies can maybe get better bundles involved, especially if they give you a discount, um, if you're also an ISP subscriber, I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to make, I mean, if they're smart, they'll make a more competitive play and say, we'll just come back to the, the cable service and we'll also give you online access to all the stuff you want and you can watch it on the Apple TV and or, or Roku or, or, you know, iPhone or whatever. Yeah. And once it, once it became, once it got to the point where you might as well just pay for a cable, I, I could see doing that, but I cannot fathom going back to actually live stream. Like you have to sit down at a certain time or right. set a DVR. Like no, I've gotten totally. so used to just, you know, there's a new episode of my show. I'll go watch it. Yeah, no, I mean, and I, I, I like the live nature. I'm one of those people who likes it for certain things. Um, but I also like the on-demand nature, and I like the ability especially to be able to tune in, especially live, or to tune in from another device. I mean, that's one of the good things about being a cable subscriber in New York with ABC is that because it's an a ABC-owned station, I can use the Watch ABC app and watch live ABC from my phone or my computer um, or Apple TV. Uh, and that's really convenient, especially like if I like, during the bachelor, like I could do that at work. Um, but I could also do catch up episodes that way too. So yeah, I mean, I think that for me, my biggest complaint for years with cable was that not so much that I was paying for the cable and not getting value out of it, but like that I couldn't get all the, the shows and the channels and everything I wanted on other devices. But now that that's finally starting to happen and this OTT thing is starting to happen. I have a feeling that, you know, some people might finally have a reason to get like a bundle the way they want it. But I don't know. I don't know either. You remember when I brought up the animals? Uh, we got to get out of this place. 
Yes. The next day, I saw it in a television commercial <laughs> for like, I think a bank. I forget. I, I, but it's like a guy in a cramped room and, and they're playing the animals. We got to get out of this place. Original version. It was funny. And then you remember talking extendedly about Debbie Gibson? I do. Uh, she was kind of the focus of the episode of Goldberg's that same week. Serendipity. Totally serendipity. It's like it's like people. It's like we know before things happen that things are going to happen. So um, the new MacBook is now out. Yes, and I am. I am. Um, I I don't know. I'm enthralled. I, I I want one very badly, but it's way not in my budget right now because I just yeah. bought the MacBook Pro. Yeah, yeah, no. So I've been I've been reviewing it for the last week, and it's a really good machine. I mean, it's it's not as there's still some times, especially if you've got a lot of things going on, like a bunch of web processes where, you know, you might have a little stutter where like, you know, the keyboard might not keep up with everything, especially on the web. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not as fast, obviously, as, as, as a MacBook Pro, and it's not as extensible and versatile as a MacBook Air, but it's tiny and it's light and it has a great screen and it has a good battery life and it's gold it's just so pretty like everybody who sees it and touches it just cannot believe that it's a laptop because it literally looks more like especially when you open it up and it feels more like an ipad with a keyboard attached than a laptop and i love it i love the size um it's amazing how they were able to shave so much um off of the um the size it's even smaller than the 11 inch macbook air but it's a 12 inch screen you know that's appealing to me because i passed my 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 13 inch air to my wife and got right. the 15 inch macbook pro and i love it it's so powerful like i can i can do everything all at once things i had actually been using two computers for before right i like i pulled a mini out of the system and just connected the extra monitor to the macbook pro and let it run all the processes and it's it's great but I'll sit up on the couch and like I'll be working on that and my wife will be working on her my old MacBook Air, her MacBook Air, and I will miss it. I will right. like lust after the light, like portable, still powerful little computer yep. that the Air was. So that what you describe for the MacBook sounds like the perfect in between for me. Yeah, I mean basically is. I mean it's so light, it's so small, and it's still powerful, you know. Um it's not really fair to look at some of the benchmarks and some of the Geekbench uh, things that show that it's about on par with, you know, maybe a 2012 MacBook Air. That's probably about right, but people say, oh, it's, it's a three-year-old computer. Well, that's not really fair because, A, it has better graphics. It has a better um, GPU built into it because it's obviously powering that retina display. Uh, B, the RAM is faster, and, and C, the storage is faster. So that all kind of goes a long way. Um, but also just having that nicer screen really adds another element to it and um you know it keeps up it, it, it it's a champ um you know the most controversial aspect of it is obviously the USB-C port and the fact that there's only one and that you know basically it doesn't come with any adapters or anything my biggest complaint with USB-C isn't even so much the USB-C part because I kind of am okay with that I'm kind of okay with like yeah you have to have dongles it's a new standard it's a pain in the ass for early adopters I get that 
Um, but I'm okay with it. My bigger issue is that there's only one port. And I know that with the current design, there's basically no way they could have put two USB-C ports on the way the way that they did it. Because how basically on, on the left side is the USB-C port, on the right side is the three and a half millimeter headphone jack. And that's it. Those are the only holes on right. the entire device. But because you only have one port to do anything like for instance to both charge and plug into an external monitor you have to buy an adapter cable right um now that adapter cable is pretty decent it has vga or hdmi on it depending on what you get as well as a full-size usb port um as well as a kind of a charging port that you can use with the charger like the regular USB C size so you can do that out of one port and that's pretty great yeah but it's sort of like hubs are really the answer and they are and the answer more and more portable hubs will become available for USB-C. Yes. yes and i mean and the thing is is that for instance just being able to buy that one adapter that's pretty good but it's still annoying that out of the box you know you've got to buy an adapter you've got to have cables around it would have been to me really nice if they had two USB-C ports and i have a feeling that future iterations will do that you know with the original macbook air the one released in 2008, it only had one USB port right. and, and no SD card slot or anything. And, and I have a feeling that future iterations of the MacBook will have more USB-C ports. And I wouldn't even be surprised at some point, depending if they put like maybe not like SD, but maybe micro SD slot or something, you know, um, or, but they might not even bother. I mean, the thing that kind of a lot of people are saying, oh, there's no USB port. I need to plug things in. Granted, I plug in USB sticks and, and things like that and a lot more often than other people do. Um, but even I don't do it that often anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it's like when and, people all freaked out that there was no optical drive. Exactly. And exactly. Nobody, I mean, who uses those now? Like things, Apple has a way of, uh, like the Thunderbolt ports, they, it, uh, see, Thunderbolt is frustrating for me because- yeah. The 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 device availability has never happened. No, and, no. You know, it, Thunderbolt it, two came out, and there's no decent hub, and there's no. no way to split a Thunderbolt two port. You can like even there's no powered hub that gives you two out of one, and like it it just never. It's super fast. It's great for like you can boot an SSD external drive off a Thunderbolt yep. port so and fast. run your computer just fine, but it never. It never seemed to sink in, so I'm hoping that USB-C gets a little more uh, uptick in third-party ha- uh, hardware manufacturer, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm, no, I mean, I definitely think that it will because it's a standard, right, and it's USB, um, whereas Thunderbolt is, is kind of like, you know, FireWire was. You know, FireWire was like in a partnership. It's like Apple and Sony were the only two who cared about, you know, IEEE right. 1394, um, and, um, you know, Apple and Intel have been the only people who care about Thunderbolt. Um, which is a shame because again, it's got all these great things, but USB-C having, um, support of other people, I have a feeling that people are going to adopt it faster and it's still fast. It's not as fast as Thunderbolt, but like USB, um, 3.1 transmits at five mega- gigabits per second, which is really fast. You know, I mean, it, it, it's maybe not fast enough to, to boot an SSD off of, but it's, um, the, that it will be as fast as like a regular PCIe SSD, but it's still really freaking fast. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of people, I think that that makes sense. Plus, I mean, like you said, with the, the optical drive, you know, we were all freaking out about that. And then you think about it, when's the last time anybody used optical media? You know, I still buy a lot of Blu-rays and stuff, but it's like a rare thing where I ever even think about putting something in a computer to, to play back. And increasingly, as all of our stuff is going to the cloud and, you know, 
insert here would be a great time for us to talk about transporter or one of the other cloud services. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like as everything does start to move to the cloud and, and, and Dropbox and, and, you know, uh, iPhoto and iCloud and all those places, like it's, and, and wireless is becoming ubiquitous. It makes a lot more sense to just do that rather than focus on plugging stuff in. I agree. So I really like it. I mean, I kind of wrote in my review that it feels like, you know, it's the future. And the big thing for me is that, okay, right now, this might not be the notebook for you. And if you're a professional user, it's not your main day-to-day machine. And if you are somebody who needs maybe something more versatile, I think a MacBook Air, which is a little bit less expensive, will be good. But if you're looking for the thinnest, lightest, you know, Mac you can get, and you want something that is kind of where the MacBook Air was a few years ago, that's exactly what this is. But what's really exciting to me is that in five years, every MacBook, you know, like, Five years ago, if somebody had said every MacBook you see in the street or every computer you see is going to look just like the MacBook Air, I think a lot of people would have been like, really? I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, But literally, every computer looks like or is a MacBook Air at this point, right? Yep. In five years' time, everything is going to have the same kind of look as this new MacBook. I guarantee it. Yep. It's the future. Yes. I've been shocked to see how many copycats, how many people have blatantly ripped off the macbook air's design and mm-hmm. it seems like there should be more room for innovation in the in that area but i guess what apple does is it sells i guess it makes money to mimic apple yeah i mean samsung kind of found that out with the most recent their <laughs> galaxy s6 and the six edge which admittedly are great phones i mean here's the funny thing like samsung their most successful phone um, to date has been the, the Galaxy S3, which was like their first bigger phone. And it it kind of had a unique design. But, you know, this is when they were still going heavily after ripping off Apple's UI stuff. And then they, with the S4 and the S5, they kind of started to be like, well, we're going to have our own designs. And they're not going to look like the iPhone because we're not going to get sued again. Um, but they weren't very popular. And so now they've got phones that look very similar, especially the S6, the S6 Edge less so. It's very much like the the iPhone 6. You know, it's kind of got this rounded thing and it's got got a a full metal aluminum body and it's got kind of this curved glass feeling and it's like luxurious. And um, hey, you know, if it works, it works. Um, It's kind of sad that they have to do that. But I have to admit, like the, the new Galaxy S6 is a beautiful device and the Galaxy S6 Edge is a beautiful device. And if I were to buy an Android phone, that's probably what I would get. I'd probably get the, the this S6 or the S6 Edge. Um, just because, A, I tend to like Samsung products, and, and B, it's a really nice-looking device. Like, for the first time, they finally come through. See, and that's, and, that's exactly it, is today, uh, tech is 50% or more fashion. Absolutely. Like, you can't make, no matter how powerful, no matter how useful uh, something is, you can't make it ugly and expect right. to succeed. No, you can't, because... Exactly. It, it, it's that the, it's so much of it is exactly about how it looks and because it becomes part of our identity. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's kind of especially well, with phones. And, and that's Apple's fault as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah, their ubiquity, you know, after the iPhone was launched and just this uh, like status quo thing that happened, it became as much about usability <laughs> as it was about fashion or vice versa. You know, if not more about fashion than actual, because people would put up with a lot of crap just to look like they had Apple products. They would put up with buggy releases. They still do. I mean, this is actually a problem that seems to be getting worse. But 
he will put up with it because, oh, I have an iPhone. Everyone else has an iPhone. And that marketing, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because I love beautiful products. I love Same. beautiful interfaces. I love good-looking tech. But I also love tech that does truly in, you know, uh, ingenious things. And you don't always find those two things together. Yes. And, and that's, I mean, that, that becomes kind of the mark of, of real kind of beautiful product design is when you can kind of, you know, have those two things go together. And that's the really difficult thing. Um, but I don't know if I would blame, I mean, I don't know if I would put it the way that I blame Apple for, for the fact that so much of stuff is, is, is fashion now, because I don't, I think that that almost implies that that's a bad thing. And, and I think that, Granted, fashion can be, can be cyclical and it can be trendy, but fashion can also be long-lasting. And I feel like... Well, it's financially re- feasible. Like, they succeeded because of this. So it's, yes. not, it's not a complaint. Right. But I would also say that it kind of makes sense. I mean, I feel like, you know, Sony was doing it too um, back in the day. You know, the Vios were really good-looking notebooks. And they, they never sold the way that Apple's did. But Sony products were, at one time, very, very beautiful. They had a, they had a stint, yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, even the later Walkmans were pretty good looking. Yeah, no, I mean, Sony has some really good industrial design. Even now, I think their TVs are beautiful. Even if you look at the PlayStation 4, I mean, it's a really good looking machine. Agreed. You know, so I mean, part of it, I think, is is being at the right place at the right time, having the right company name. And, and Apple is just kind of known for that aesthetic, whereas Sony, I don't think, ever capitalized on it the way that they could have, at least not with the mass market. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think it makes sense for. For a lot of these things, like we're we're talking about the MacBook, but we could just as easily be talking about the Apple Watch, where, you know, um, the first reviews of that are out now. And um, one of my biggest complaints with that was that most of the reviewers were men. And I say that because, you know, um, I always complain whenever I review smartwatches that they never think about a female wrist. And it's like we finally have a watch that'll look good on a female wrist. And we had like two women, two or three female reviewers out of like, you know, 15 or whatever. And, and that's fine. I I get that. But people are saying, well, why does it matter if a woman reviews it or not? I'm going, well, because it's fashion and I want to see how it will look styled in different ways. I want to know what it will look like on my wrist. I'm going to have to go to the Apple store on Friday and see for myself so I can decide how much money I'm going to be spending on one of these watches. But Right, but um, thank God we know how it works with very hairy wrists. Yes, this is true. This is true. But, you know, so much of technology is fashion, and and I think it's because it becomes the center of our lives. You know, it's it's one thing when it's bulky and clunky and, and you put it someplace else and you don't want it in the house, but once you want it to be a display piece, you know, and that's happened a lot in, over the years where technology has become furniture. You know, that's how it became kind of design pieces. First of all, it's like the TV was a piece of furniture right. and the TV cabinet was a piece of furniture. And then, and then it kind of things evolve where I think when personal technology becomes fashion, it's because it's on us all the times. It's because it's one of those things that's always about us and we want it to, to reflect our own kind of, you know, interests and values. Sure. Well, and the more wearable it all becomes, the more portable and wearable it becomes, the more it becomes, you know, that kind of thing where it is, it, it's a part of your identity at some point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I cover my laptops in stickers and they don't look anything like they should by the time I'm done. I don't consider, <laughs> I, I don't consider my laptop a status symbol, but my phone, I, I, I keep my phone very bare. I don't use a case. I, I really enjoy the aesthetic of the iPhone. And I do, like, I don't depend on it to make 
like an impression if I pull it out at a coffee house. But I do feel, um, you know how you feel when you, you're wearing nice clothes or you just got a new haircut? Yeah. I, I get that feeling from my iPhone. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Totally. Totally. I mean, it looks good in your pocket. It feels good, you know, um, like looking at it and longingly. I mean, and even honestly, like covering your MacBook with stickers, like I did that. I used to do that with mine. And, and um, Grant had one of his that he just absolutely has covered and he will never get rid of that sticker encrusted <laughs> like white MacBook. But like Apple did a great ad campaign about with that last year where they showed all the stickers that people put on MacBooks. And I think they use like people's real MacBooks because you could kind of see in um, the commercial, you know, looks like some of them were scuffed up and had been loved and used. That's fashion too, right? Because it's like, you know, with what you would do with your skateboard, I guess, um, you know, you cover it with stickers and cover it with the stuff you wanted. Like you make it your own. I had a pair of jeans when I was um, eight, 18, 19. I wore them for a year straight, no other jeans. And they were covered in patches of all my favorite bands and they had zippers up the side so they'd fit over my boots. And that was, they were just a pair of Levi's, you know, but by the time I was done with them, they were mine. Like nobody else had that pair of pants ever. And mm-hmm. I feel like stickers on MacBooks are kind of my modern equivalent of that. Totally. It, it makes it mine and it, it, it destroys the original, like the just uh, solid silver kind of, you know, with just the white logo. That's beautiful, but it's not me. Like I'm a very cluttered, chaotic person. and. The stickers make me feel very comfortable. I got one that's uh, it's a typewriter. It's an old fashioned typewriter, black, like cutout decal, and so it it sits on the front of my on on the lid of my MacBook Pro, and the paper that comes out of the typewriter has the Apple logo in the middle of it. It's very nice. I should link that. And then the bottom side is where I put all the <laughs> all the all the like uh, corporate. Stickers from companies that I love, my GitHub and my MindMeister stickers and all of those. And BitTorrent Sync stickers. They sent me some really cool stickers. <laughs> yeah, no, I love, it's always a good time to have, stickers are always a blast. And I'm with you, it kind of it just it makes it yours. Yeah. So, yeah. And, well, and that's kind of what's cool about the Apple Watch, too, is the potential customizability like you know not just the face can be customized but you can choose the band that matches your look and your lifestyle and at first i thought they can never offer enough options to really make that fly like they should narrow down but when they presented it there was so there was a wide enough variety of band styles that you could actually come up with something that fit your personality and kind of made you feel like a set apart from people who might choose another band style. Yeah. And I think the fact too, that you can like, they have all the different faces mm-hmm. and Apple has been pretty coy about whether they'll let people, why do they keep showing the make Mickey their own Mouse faces ones? or not? Because it's because did you have, a, I had a Mickey Mouse watch when I was a kid. Yeah, I had a my Mickey Mouse watches. alarm clock and a watch, but I don't want it now. I don't know. I think it'd be kind five. of fun. I know, but I think it'd be kind of fun and kitschy for certain outfits. I mean, plus, you know, <laughs> plus, honestly. When you dressed up like Mickey Mouse? No, just if I had like a, a certain sport thing, I could see with a cute skirt with the right band, like it being the face being cute. But I mean, honestly, it's probably, if we're being honest, it's because Apple probably has exclusive rights That's what I'm to thinking. a Mickey Mouse watch, watch face because, you know, um, Lorraine Powell Jobs is um, the, the largest single shareholder in Disney. Um and they have, you know, Apple and Disney have always had a super close relationship. <laughs> oh, deals. Corporate deals. 
corporate deals. No, but I mean, I think that it's one of those uh, one of those funny things where it's going to be interesting to see whether Apple allows people to to create their own watch faces because that's something that Pebble has done really really well is that they've you know have this whole community of people who've built these custom watch faces that are really great and I. I understand on the service that Apple might want to be like protective of that and like oh, make sure they look good. I mean, Pebble's selling point is that it's hackable. Totally, like, totally. Pe- Pe- that's the appeal of Pebble, not so Absolutely. much fashion, but hackability. And no, Apple's, totally. Like the complete, like polar opposite end of the tech fashion like dial. They're 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 gonna protect as much as they can, not let people make ugly watches. Just like with OS ten, you. You can hack away at it, and you can customize certain aspects if you really get down and dirty with it. But pretty much, you're going to end up with what Apple wants your screen to look like. Right. And iOS, yeah. I suppose. But you have a little more, little, little more freedom with like, custom controls on iOS. People get away with more uh, custom- customization of a single app, but not from the user, user side. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that still, though, I, I, it will be interesting to see whether or not they, they let people, um, what, I, I can't even think, if they let people, or maybe brands, maybe is the better term, maybe some fashion brands make watch faces, because maybe you don't let individuals do it, but, if, but what if Burberry wanted to make a watch face, or what if, you know, like Kate Spade or someone did, like, are, are they going to d- deny them the opportunity to do that? Because I think that would just only make something even better. Unless it was a partnership, I think they would. I think they would accept a partnership for the right amount yeah. of money. And then they would promote the hell out of it. But, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't see it ultimately being easily customizable without spending the money. Right. But who knows? I mean, they, the, can you put, like, a wallpaper on your watch? Is that already built in? I don't think so. See, that would be interesting. Because I can't... To deny people the ability to put a wallpaper on seems like a very fascist approach to the UE. Yeah, but I don't know. But I don't really think the interface has a wallpaper. It's just kind of a clutter of icons, and then you have different apps, and then you have your face. Exactly. But I imagine that eventually they will flatten that in some way. But that, that will be like, what's the, I don't even know what the SDK is called. It's Apple Watch OS. It's like the Apple Watch Kit is what it's called. So it's part of the SDK. Okay. So, so, so it's part of the iOS. Um, it, because how the apps work is that they're basically just like little little mini things that are built into the iOS app. Right. That and it's is basically kind of a, a on. small parasite on iOS. I mean, you require uh, an iOS device in order to yes. use the watch. So yeah, it exactly. would be a subset. Exactly, yeah. which is very similar to how Pebble's system works, where you know you can run your own kind of third-party apps, but a lot of them, how they work is that they basically are part of like an app itself. Um, so yeah, which makes sense because it's just going to be forwarding things from that app, you know, to the watch, and and that's how it's going to be kind of supporting it. I have a friend. I have I have one friend. No, I have more than one friend, but I have a friend who uh, is working on light control with the Apple Watch. Should I tell you about that? No. I, I can't divulge a lot, but imagine if you owned any Wi-Fi controllable device from like Philips Hue to Insteon bulbs. Yeah. And you could use your watch to control device in the room you were in anytime with just a couple taps. How awesome would that be? 
When, Amazing. When the Apple Watch was first announced, I thought, okay, because they, you know, they talked about send your pulse to other people. Like, I don't give a shit. Um, but then, I, you know, the, the developers, the third parties started talking about what they were working on. And I realized that this was going to be amazing. Like to have these things that I've depended on either my phone or had to go all the way to my computer for suddenly be on my wrist was it's, it's fascinating because just the act of having to pull something out of my pocket and then flip through screens and tap the screen is very, it's very intrusive to, you know, any kind of when you're out and about public uh, conversation or just uh, and anything that involves interaction. But looking at your wrist is a time-honored way of just checking the time. And now it can be a time-honored way of checking anything. And I love that. I think it's going to yeah. be great. No, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, that's one of the things I've really enjoyed using my Pebble for has been, you know, things like remote control, like even for the TV and stuff. And like, I think that having an Apple Watch remote for the Apple TV will be a game changer because if my phone is someplace else, mm-hmm. I have my watch right there and I can just be, I can use, you know, it's kind of gesture pad and other things to freaking, you know, turn something to, to, to fast forward or to, fa- or, or to go back. Um, and you won't that's lose just, that remote. No, it, because it's on my wrist, <laughs> you know? And, and yeah, so I mean, I think that that's going to be really good did you see um, the stand that came out i'm sorry to interrupt did you have more to say about that no i don't which one are you talking about are you talking about the the the, the light stand yeah who made yeah that? i wrote about that, uh, that it's called it's from a company called uh me tag or my tag uh and shark design i think is doing um the other stuff it's called the new dock power station it looks awesome um i'm gonna try to get them to send me one to review but you can just get the stand from them for like 20 bucks or you can get this whole ridiculous thing where it's like um, an LED light and an iPhone charger and a battery pack. Um, and uh, then the battery pack apparently has like Bluetooth built in so it can like tell you where your watch is and where your phone is. It's insane. It, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous too. Like, it, yeah, it looks really it on good. It its own made me want to go get an Apple Watch. But. No, totally. I mean, and it's one of those things I really hope, like they show on their website that like some of their partners are like W Hotels. I really hope that they, put, they get these in um hotels because um they uh would be awesome to be able to like see something like this like in a hotel room yeah it's already raised one hundred and twenty two thousand dollars um in just a couple of days and uh my friend ed i should disclose um because i did write about this uh my friend ed uh does the pr for this company so to me that's a sign that they're legit because they wouldn't have the money to hire Ed, if they didn't. Yeah. Um, I, the, my favorite part about, there's the link. Thank you. Um, my favorite part about um, staying at nice San Francisco hotels is the iPhone accessories they put by the bed. Completely. <laughs> I, there's, it, it's been a long time coming, but it's not unusual to now get like two USB ports and four outlets and an iPhone chart, uh, like an iPhone uh, radio speaker dock next to your bed. And not just in San Francisco. It's, it's, uh, it's been very annoying to me to stay at hotels and have to bring a freaking extension cable. Yes. To use my laptop in bed. No, <laughs> I hate so that. I'm so glad that, that that's changing everywhere now. 
Same, same. And that's honestly one of the things I'm kind of looking forward to about like things like, you know, the um, um, a MacBook. Uh, it's a 29 watt uh, power adapter. So that's not going to be enough for, for most USB chargers to, to do anything with. But, you know, if it was like attached to a light and it had like 2.1 amps or whatever, like you never know, like you could maybe like actually like use like the USB attached to your lamp to charge your laptop, yes. which could be kind of, which would be kind of cool. I imagine that that is, like I said, with like hubs are going to be the future, and I that kind of that kind of accessory, that kind of you know lamp charging lamp, definitely uh, exactly where I see things going at this point. Chrome just froze on me, which that's fun because I have freaking Facebook open. Facebook uses so much memory. It really does. It really does. Did you see that they just came out with the new um, Messenger. version of Messenger for desktop, which yeah. I think is awesome. It is. I, I think they're making a very strong play in that space. I do, too. I, uh, I don't. I, the app, even on iOS, it's a memory hog. It's, it'll freeze. It'll drain your battery and freeze your screen so fast. Uh, and you won't even be able to pin it down to Messenger because Messenger will keep flying along. But um, they, it, the uh, kind of variety of communication types that it provides is very uh forward thinking i'm excited about it same this episode has actually been brought to us by a new exclusive sponsor and uh it's one that i happen to really enjoy it's called automatic which is not related to wordpress it's actually a connected (laughs) car adapter i was gonna say it doesn't have two t's it has one t right it's spelled spelled the normal way right in the oxford style and uh, and you, it's a it's an adapter that you plug into your car, and it lets you diagnose problems and improve your driving, and make your driving experience feel more like you're actually living in the future. Which is kind of a theme of what we've been talking about a lot today. We talked about the future of laptops, the future of wristwear, and now we're talking about the future of cars. And the best part about everything we're about to tell you is that automatic has no subscription fee or anything like that. Uh, but you, you buy the unit and that's it. So you don't have to worry about like with a lot of these sorts of internet of things products, you buy the unit and then you have to have a subscription service added onto it. This, you just buy it and you're done. And the iOS and Android apps, yes, there's an Android app uh, that go along with it are free too. And it plugs into the data port that just about every car made since 1996 has. You plug it in, you pair it with your phone app and it does the work for you. So, I, I, I always get check engine lights. Um, I, I always buy used cars. I drive older cars. And You're like Penny from the Big Bang Theory. She always has her, her check engine light is always on and Sheldon's always annoyed. Right. Well, and it got to a point, both my wife and I do this, where we just put stickers over the freaking dash light. <laughs> and, uh, and, and with automatic, when that light comes on, it will tell you on your phone exactly what the problem is that your car is complaining about. And like normally you'd go to a mechanic and they'd uh, they'd plug the same kind of tool into your port, charge you a bunch of money and then tell you what they what their version of what they think is wrong is so that they can charge you to fix it. And with automatic, like I have one in my Audi TT and it'll just it'll tell me this, you know, this fluid is lower, this sensor is malfunctioning and then you can just clear it from your phone. That's so cool. Right. So you just, you just like, you get a problem, you sit down in your car, you start it up and it's, the check engine light comes on and bam, you, you know exactly why. And it doesn't require a trip across town. And uh, automatic can also score your driving. 
which I'm really bad at, uh, but <laughs> it, it can coach you to drive um, better and save on gas money. And there are also links in the show notes about how Nest and IFTTT integration works, if you want to learn more about that. Um, I will say that last week I scored an 85%, which is horrible, <laughs> but it's 10% higher than my average score. So congrats to me. Support the show by going to automatic.com slash overtired. That's A-U-T-O-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash overtired. You can save 20% and we will get to do something special for you, our amazing audience. See, because Automatic has a program called License Plus where parents can monitor their teens driving <laughs> and reward them. Neither one of us has kids. Uh, you don't, do you? Uh, not to my knowledge. That I know of. And, and Christina, does, you don't even have a car, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even have a driver's license. But I do have a mom who drives her own car down in Georgia. So if you guys support the show by using our URL, what, here's what we're going to do. And, and my mom is learning about this now if she's listening to the show. We will install one of these in my mom's car in her bins and check in on her every so often to see how she's doing. And if we're lucky, we might even record a phone call with her and uh, we get to I'll get to review her driving habits with her. So basically, instead of spying on your kids, I'm going to spy on my mom. And I'm going to be like, Mom, why are you doing this? You're wasting so much time and energy. Why are you always going in this direction? Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not a good idea. Maybe it's, it'll be like one of those 23andMe things where the guy, you know, gets a, um, a genetics test and finds out he has a long-lost brother or half-brother because his father um, – you know, had a kid with somebody else and no one in the family knew and the whole thing blew apart. Maybe it'll be like that, but with driving. I mean, we can only hope, right? All I know is that if I were a teenager and my parents knew what I was doing to their car, I would be very annoyed. But that yes. in and of itself means that every parent should have this. No, I completely agree. <laughs> if I, mean, I as a teenager would hate it, it's a good idea Same. for parents. Same. And, and to teenagers out there, you know, you can get the app installed on your phone too. So you can kind of maybe like do some recon on yourself. Well, you can be preemptive. It, precisely. This is exactly what I'm talking about, Brett. Because like if I were a teenager... I I would do the same thing. Like my parents were never dumb enough to try to put any of the net nanny stuff on my computers. And I was a little too old for that. But if they'd ever tried, I would have just bypassed it and like locked them out. So if you're really, if, if you're the type of teenager like Brett and I were, then you can just kind of use this against your parents and like preemptively strike before stuff goes bad. Plus, if you do something bad at the car and you see like the check engine light on, you can get it taken care of before like mom and dad like freak out. We're tearing families apart right now. We are, but you know what? It's worth it. But seriously, this is a great idea I think we had. If enough people go to this URL and try this out, then my, we're going to get my mom. <laughs> my mom is going to put this in her car, and we're going to track my mom, and that would be hilarious and I think would be a great role reversal because I can't drive, so why not get my mom's very like low-tech take on um, kind of the ultimate Internet of Things? No, You know what? That's not fair. I, I'm, I, I need to be better about my mom. My mom is actually a lot more connected than the average person. She has a Fitbit, which she wears all the time and loves. She has her iPad. She has her iPhone. She updated her iPhone, iPad to iOS 8 by herself. She put um, updated her Mac to Yosemite by herself without any instruction from me. She uh, has a Kindle Paperwhite, which she loves. My mom's pretty cool. So I think the next <laughs> big thing has to be getting her, you know, getting this set up. Well, um, and we're going to improve her driving at the same time, whether she wants us to or not. 
no, I, I, which I think is very important for us to improve her driving because my mom is, is an okay driver. She's not as good as she thinks she is. And honestly, she has a hard time driving at night sometimes. So maybe we can find some ways to improve her driving and maybe get her some, some, some better routes. Um, again, so go to over, go to automatic.com slash overtire to get her 20% discount so that, um, each automatic you order costs only 80 bucks and you also get free shipping and there's a 45 day return policy. So yeah, thanks to automatic for sponsoring exclusively overtired this week. So you definitely should support the show. Holy shit. So there's one more thing you have to know about automatic is that it can, when you get into an accident, I should say, if you are unfortunate enough to get into an accident, it can call for help. Oh my God. That's actually amazing. It can detect the crash and then call for help. And this is not, again, this is not a subscription thing. You don't pay for this. And it's, it's a free call, and they will get you help, and they will notify people that you specify and let everyone know that you have been disabled or, or worse. And you, it's, it's peace of mind. It can save your life. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that there's no subscription, because, I mean, like, a lot of cars, you know, come with the built-in, what, what, what's the thing? OnStar. Um, OnStar, yeah. You know, you can get that on GM cars and stuff. And that's pretty good, but that costs money. And like, they might give it to you for free for the first year, but then it then it costs money. And But those services are great. So to have, and not every car has OnStar. So right. to have something like that, you know, to be able to call for help for you, I mean, that's yeah, really like important. Yeah, like built into any car since 1996, almost, anyway. Like, yeah, it's it's an amazing feature to have. And, and one that isn't the top build feature for this, but one that may save your life someday. No, completely. I mean, and, and even if it comes down to like a triple A AAA sort of scenario, you know, I mean, like that's just like a, a really good thing to be able to know, like if something's wrong with my car and I have no like that it can call out like that's just that's really important. That's awesome. So thanks again to Automatic, uh, this week's exclusive sponsor of Overtired. So support our show and improve your chances of surviving a head on collision by going to automatic.com slash overtired and get 20% off right now do it so that was a fun episode christina that was a really fun episode brett like honestly like we like i feel like we're back in the zone we're getting there we're getting there yeah I, I i feel good about it i do too all right well i i am actually going to sleep well tonight because of my new regimen fantastic i suggest you do the same i'm going to do my best i'm going to do my best I, and, i've uh, read horif- horrifying studies lately about more news about how lack of sleep kills you so i i I want everyone to sleep yes everybody get some sleep brett you get some sleep i'll get some sleep everyone at home get some sleep we don't want anybody to die get some sleep the system is going down low